Hey, if you enjoy this show or have learned anything from it, would you take a minute and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? I know most of you listen on Apple, so right now, go to the show, scroll to the bottom of the page, and give us a star rating. Or better yet, leave us a review and we'll feature it right here on the show. It helps us to know you're listening and we'd really appreciate it. All right, on to the episode. Hey there, and welcome to the Work From Home Voice Actor Podcast. If you're a regular listener, thank you for tuning in. And if you're new, welcome. I'm thrilled you're here. I'm Melanie Scroggins. I'm a fellow voice actor and your motivational guide through the world of VO. And in this show, we talk about all things voiceover, and I answer your most asked questions about the industry and how you can be successful working from home as a voice actor. Last week, I sent out a notice via email and on Instagram about how you can submit topics and questions for the podcast. And thank you so much to those of you who have submitted. You all have wonderful ideas and your submissions are relevant and are super helpful to the community here. In this episode, I want to dig into one of those questions because I think this is what a lot of beginner voice actors are thinking as they set out to do VO. This question is from Danae and she writes, Thousands of people love singing and have flocked to audition for American Idol over the years. For some of these very well-intentioned folks, all the work, effort, and dedication in the world will not make them professional paid singers. I love, love, love using my voice. I always have. But it doesn't mean I have a voice people want to hear or would pay to use for a project. How do we know we should even pursue voiceover work? AKA, am I deluding myself? Is it necessary to have a voice for voiceovers? All right, let's dive into the three arguments for why you should keep pursuing voiceover work. First and foremost, remember that it's all subjective. What people want to hear and having a good VO voice is relative to any one person across the board. What I like to hear and what you like to hear, whether it's a song, a sound, etc., is based on any one individual's thoughts, experiences, memories, etc., I immediately think of my friends in school who listen to screamo music, by choice, for instance. While I can confidently say that has never been my cup of musical tea, those friends flocked to those kinds of concerts. How can that be? If I dislike it so much, how can other seemingly normal people like it? So let's talk about another example more relevant to what we do. Take a professional VO spot I heard recently, having to do with something about the number one, I really don't know, I just know that one, once, whatever, is repeated so many times in that short spot. I can't get over the misguided delivery and really bad copy of the piece. But I have to understand, this guy was hired and most likely paid professional rates to voice a broadcast commercial on a streaming platform, which is no small thing in this industry. What if I deem him not a voice anyone really wants to hear? Does my opinion matter at all? No. The client is the only one who gets to decide what voice makes the cut based on the idea they have in their head about how the spot should be. So the takeaway is that everyone will have their own opinion on any one voice. And since each opinion is valid, the idea of a voice for voiceover is super subjective. But with all of this in mind, how then do we understand this and approach our own individual voice in our business? After all, it's our calling card, right? So firstly, it's important to offer variety in our demos and our auditions. I know a lot of you are curious about the ins and outs of a demo, and we'll cover that in broad detail on another podcast and in some workshops later this summer. But for now, just know that offering variety 
i.e. showing off your vocal range in your demos and auditions, will be your best chance at figuring out, do clients think my voice is hireable? Demos will cover later, but for your auditions, I always suggest giving the client a take exactly how they ask for one, and then offering a second take, offering how you would read the script, if different from their direction, unless they say they just want one take, which they rarely do. So go ahead and try your hand at the copy for yourself after giving them what they say they want. They hear so many of the same types of auditions for any one job. Leave them with something to think about. Okay, argument number two. You really don't know much about your voice until you know. So based on what we just discussed, reality is we don't know what anyone, i.e. what clients think of our voice, until we put ourselves out there. We can speculate all day about what we sound like, how we come across to others, etc. And it's a wonderful thing to like your own voice because you'll be hearing it a lot in your VO journey. But as far as thinking how others will hear it, again, is subjective. And our only role when we show up to the mic is to read the copy to the best of our ability and with the direction we're given, which isn't always super helpful, which is why it's important to, two, give any audition our utmost attention as well as our own individual flair. Otherwise, we get lumped in with every other voice that didn't make it for the spot. And this will happen with most jobs anyway. So why not give it a try and see what happens? And now a message from this episode's sponsor. When beginner voice actors reach out to professional voice actors, I've often seen them cast aside and told to use Google to figure out all their burning questions. While Google is a wonderful and robust tool for learning about anything, including voiceover, there is no better place to start your voiceover journey than from someone who does it professionally full-time. That's where the business of work-from-home voice acting for beginners comes in. It's a foundational course designed for aspiring and beginner voice actors who are eager to learn about and dive into the voiceover industry. I give you information, tips, and insights from my own personal experience of going from zero to full-time professional voice actor all from home. So to learn more, visit workfromhomevoiceactor.com or check out the link to the course in this episode's show notes. Now, back to the episode. So one of the ways we can approach this in our business is to audition for free and low-paid jobs, like on Behind the Voice Actors, Casting Call Club, and Twitter. And I know I've said this time and time again, but it's a great way to get practice without having really anything because you don't even need a professional mic at that point. You can audition with your headphones or anything that you have. While a mic will definitely set you apart, especially on those sites, it is not necessary to get going. So when you've got some sort of experience, i.e. you've been auditioning and it doesn't terrify you as much as it did, it's always a little terrifying, but you'll be able to see kind of your growth in that way as you audition more and more for any kind of job. That's when it's time to choose a pay-to-play site and get to auditioning. Again, why pay-to-play sites? Because they make the industry super accessible and people from all over the world for any kind of voiceover job post on there. It's a marketplace and we need to use it like that in our business. So check out the article I wrote about mastering any audition in the show notes. You can utilize these tips for both free and paid work. Now, if you do all of this, really give it your all, and you don't get chosen for any projects, you can do two things initially. You can outright quit, or you can find a trusted and vetted voiceover coach who may help pull some things out of you that you really haven't had experience with or haven't had anybody do that for you before. Because for my theater and musical theater and acting people out there, you most likely have more tools in your back pocket than you think. So if you get to this point, 
it may be a good time to reach out to a voiceover coach. So voiceover groups on Facebook, like Carrie Olson's VO group and Mark Scott's VOpreneur group are super helpful for those kinds of recommendations. I'm a part of both of them. Argument number three, let the client decide if you have a voice for voiceover. At the end of the day, at the end of any audition, really, the client will be the only one whose opinion matters when it comes to your voice. And I'd go even further to say your voice for that project. Your voice, my voice isn't going to be the voice for any and all projects forever. That's actually a good thing, believe it or not. This reality with experience gives us some helpful direction when we're deciding which genres to pursue and put our time and energy in when it comes to our business. For example, I, like a lot of voice actors, started out really interested in voicing video game characters. So after many auditions for games, both unpaid and paid, I was hired for one, a character in an indie RPG I auditioned for via Twitter. So in four years, that's the only game I've ever worked on. But you know what? I got hired for commercial work, good paying commercial work, right out of the gate when I went full time. Up until that point, I didn't have access to those kinds of auditions until I joined a pay to play site. So I could have let this experience tell me one of two things. One, I'm bad at voicing video games. Or two, I'm good at voicing commercials. With each audition or project result, we get to choose how we think about ourselves and our performance. I decided to go with the latter. And I'm convinced that having a better understanding of my voice has led me to being a successful full-time voice actor. And you know what? Two years of doing this full-time, I realize it's not up to me to decide if my voice is good enough anyway. It's the client's. But good enough is relative to each client and each project. And just because we get hired for one project doesn't mean we'll get hired for another. But just because we don't get hired for one project doesn't mean we won't get hired for another later on either. There are two sides to the VO coin. And no, not every well-intentioned, even talented, aspiring voice actor will become a successful professional for one reason or many. But like with American Idol or The Voice or any other talent show, it never stops the truly inspired and motivated to get up on that stage to give it what they can. And that's my hope for each of you as well. If you're really interested and willing to put in the work while understanding the level of effort it takes to get the ball rolling and build momentum, I want to see you get up on that stage. And even though I'm one person, I want to guide you wherever I can. Because to be open with you, this journey is not an easy one. There are conflicting opinions on how to do pretty much anything when it comes to VO. So your first job is to believe in yourself. Really, the first step is that simple. If you believe you can, Clients will as well, because it comes out in your auditions, your emails, and how you show up for yourself and your communities, both in person and online. Thank you so much for the question, Danae. I hope this episode has helped each of you think a little more about your journey and how you might think a little differently about what you have to offer. Our voices are diverse, they're powerful, and they're so needed not only because people need to get their spots out into the world, but because of the way our world works and looks at this given moment. So why shouldn't you have a voice suited for voiceover? If you have a question or topic you want to submit for the podcast, please fill out the form that's linked in the show notes. Until next time.